This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Kylie Camps and welcome to the podcast. This space is dedicated entirely to making a difference in the lives of women. I believe we all have a right and a responsibility to truly live our best lives. It all begins with curiosity, changing our thinking, and cultivating more self-love. Through thoughtful conversations and shared experiences, I really hope that you can take something away from this podcast. I'm a business owner, a speaker, a sleep consultant, and mum of twin boys. I've also recently completed some training in the cognitive behavioral therapy space, and I'm super, super passionate about the ability that we all have to really improve our days. And ultimately, when we take ownership of improving our days, we're really improving our whole life. So let's get stuck into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 77. This podcast is a solo episode and I will be sharing with you 10 books that I feel have definitely left an impact upon me and changed me and shaped me over the last couple of years. And I am just such a reader. I am a book nerd from way back. When I think about things that I love to do as a child and a teenager, reading definitely comes to mind. I can remember being like 10, 11, 12-ish and on family camping trips and just loving nothing more than reading a book in the tent and being left alone. That is probably classic um, introvert middle child behavior. Um, But yeah, I've always been a reader and to this day I still think of reading as such a great escape and also such a great tool for growth and learning and particularly right now given the fact that the whole world is spending so much more time completely on their own or just within their family units it really is still important to consider who we are spending our time with and when I say that I mean in terms of the TV shows that we're watching, the books we're reading, the magazines, the audiobooks, the podcasts, the people we're engaging with online, it all still matters and right now with technology we can allow anyone and everyone into our homes and our life and we really do have to be the gatekeeper and go okay who do I want in my life and to allow to shape me and that's something that I love about books is you can hand pick mentors or thought leaders and really really learn and benefit from their life and their experience and you don't even have to know them personally. Of course nothing will ever replace a personal connection but learning and absorbing and surrounding yourself with great thinkers and great storytellers and writers and new concepts and new paradigms is a really great escape and I think right now we can all do with having a little bit of escapism in our day. So I will get stuck straight into my list. It is 10 books that I feel have changed me 
And the first book I'm going to share with you is one that I have shared recently on Instagram stories and it's a book that I've just recently finished reading and I highly, highly recommend this book. I recommend all of them on this list to be fair, but I wanted to lead with this one in particular and that book is The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. Now, I'm sure a lot of you have heard of Brene Brown. She's fabulous. She is a researcher specializing in shame and vulnerability. She has done a TED Talk on vulnerability that has received over 11 million views. She's written over nine books and that includes her most recent one, which I believe is Rising Strong. But I wanted to share this book in particular because it's a really easy read and it's about the 10 pillars or guideposts of what Brene calls living a wholehearted life. This book has so many great takeaways. It's one that I definitely will be holding on to and I'm really free with my books. I will hand them out to anyone. Like once I've read a book, I'm happy for it to go and if it never comes back, that's fine. But this is one of those books that I will keep because I have dog-eared so many pages and I particularly like the fact that it is really, really easy to digest It's not a big book, it's only 130 pages long and it's in short, sharp chapters and I know that so many of you listening are busy mums and even if you're not a mum, just busy women and having them in like micro chapters that you can absorb really, really helps the whole concept behind each pillar or guidepost to land. And as I said, I have dog-eared several pages and I wanted to read a few of my favorite personal parts, Um, my personal favorite parts, I mean, my gosh, I should say it is 7.30 p.m. at night and my brain is definitely winding down after a day with the boys. So I will read some of those for you um, because I think it will give you a good scope of what the book is about. So in this segment of the book, Brene is talking about what she lovingly refers to as her breakdown slash spiritual awakening. And so she speaks about how she was burned out from work and she was right on the cusp of her midlife unraveling. People may call what happens at midlife a crisis, but it's not. It's an unraveling, a time when you feel a desperate pull to live the life you want to live not the one that you're supposed to live. The unraveling is a time when you are challenged by the universe to let go of who you think you are supposed to be and to embrace who you are. Midlife is certainly one of the great unraveling journeys, but there are others that happen to us over the course of our lives. Marriage, divorce, becoming a parent, recovery, moving, an empty nest, retiring, experiencing loss or trauma, working in a soul-sucking job. The universe is not short on wake-up calls. We're just quick to hit the snooze button. So that is just a little excerpt from the start of the book and I'm going to find another one of my favorite parts and share that with you as well. Okay, this bit 
when I read it, I sent a text to a few of my closest girlfriends and I was like, what do you think of this concept? And it's just such such an interesting, excuse me, one to consider. And it is simple. And it's when we numb the dark, we numb the light. In another very unexpected discovery, my research also taught me that there's no such thing as selective emotional numbing. There is a full spectrum of human emotions and when we numb the dark, we numb the light. While I was taking the edge off the pain and vulnerability, I was also unintentionally dulling my experiences of good feelings like joy. Now, I don't know if that has landed with anyone out there in podcast land who's listening, but when I read that, it was a real light bulb moment for me. I was going to say smack in the face. Either one, it's a bit of both because over the last couple of months, I have definitely realized that I can overfunction as a way to numb the pain. And when I'm doing that, when I'm overfunctioning and I'm numbing the pain, I am also numbing potential joy as well. And so another great reason to not numb pain is because of the effects of dulling and dimming joy and happiness. And something I often say is when you try to avoid your painful emotions, that's when other coping mechanisms sneak in. It could be binge eating, it could be alcohol, it could be um, spending time with people that aren't great for you, it could be online gaming. You know, all of these things are fine in moderation, but you might just find that if you're not sitting with uncomfortable feelings, they end up rearing their ugly head in another way. And then I just wanted to share with you another part of the book, which is just a page over, so I'll just flip it. And this is one that I have been doing with the boys. And I'm going to speak about it on Instagram as well. And of course, I'll credit Brene because I just love this. And it's actually not her concept. I'll read to you what it says. It says, get deliberate. A good friend of mine heard this wonderful intention setting reminder during a 12-step meeting and I love it. It's called the vow check. A-E-I-O-U. A, have I been abstinent today? And that's however you define it. I find it a little more challenging when it comes to things like food, work and the computer. E, have I exercised today? I, what have I done for myself today? O, what have I done for others today? U, am I holding on to unexpressed emotions today? Why? Yeah, what is something good that's happened today? I love that vowel check. And I've been doing it with the boys and it's brought up so many cool conversations, you know. I'll say to them, hey, what have you abstained from today? And they'll come out with the funniest things, you know, like, well, I abstained from hitting my brother when I really, really wanted to and things like that. And it's also been really great, particularly in isolation, because it's made them so mindful of exercise and movement and not in the way of, oh, they've got to move their bodies. They're sick. So, you know, I don't want them to be hung up on training, um, but definitely being aware of how have they moved their body and bringing awareness to that. So we'll talk about, well, we spent an hour jumping in the waves and we had to use our legs and be really intentional with our bodies and our arms. And it's just so cool. It's a really, really cool thought activity for yourself as an adult, but for the whole family as well. 
So that book is The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. The next book that I wanted to share with you is Thrive by Ariana Huffington. And oh, my voice went really high when I said that, Huffington. Um, I first read that book about four years ago and it's one that I do come back to often and I'll pick up and just dive into any spot of the book if I'm feeling as though I need a bit of a recalibration. And as I mentioned, it's called Thrive and I really like having this one as well. I've not shared this one. I don't think I've lent this one out either. Um, But if you don't know who Ariana Huffington is, she is the co-founder of the Huffington Post and she shares her personal journey of being nonstop and living that more is more is more fast paced, push, 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 hustle mentality life until she was forced to reassess the pace of her life. And therefore she had a chance to redefine what success actually meant to her. This is a book about changing our approach and how to truly thrive. Now, Ariana is a beautiful writer and I love that all of her concepts have so much thought behind them. And four to five years ago, as I said, when I first read this book, it really was a time where everything was do more, cram more in, and it was kind of revolutionary to think more about a whole way of living and a whole way of thriving. And as a sleep consultant, I love the onus and the importance that Ariana places on sleep and getting a good night's rest and having that as a pillar of wellness. And so I will read a little bit from this book as well, just so that you can get a taste for it. I will say that it would be far more enjoyable if Ariana was reading this for you. She has the best accent. I love listening to her voice, but anyway, we'll make do with mine. And so it goes over, over connectivity, the snake in our digital garden of Eden. Unfortunately, the ever increasing creep of technology into our lives, our families, our bedrooms, our brains makes it much harder to renew ourselves. The average smartphone user checks his or her device every six and a half minutes. Side note, I bet it would be far more nowadays. This book was written a little while ago. That works out to around 150 times a day. Our brains are naturally wired to connect, so it's not easy to turn away from these kinds of stimuli. But the connection that comes from technology is often unfulfilling. An ersatz version of connection. Its siren call or beep or blinking light can crowd out the time and energy we have for real human connection. Worse, there is evidence that it can begin to actually rewire our brains to make us less adapt at real human connection. Scary. Isn't that scary to think about? This book is filled with so many thought-provoking moments for the way that we are conducting ourselves, not just in our business and work interactions or our study interactions, but definitely in our family unit interactions. And when I read this book, the boys were only two. I remember because I bought it at a bookstore down where we live now when we were on holidays and it definitely shaped the way that the boys have been parented when it comes to screens and exposure to that sort of thing. So it's definitely a book that changed me and one that I feel any anyone would benefit from. It's certainly not 
just one for mums or just one for women. It is one that anyone could read and take something from. Number three, probably the book that I have spoken the most about on Instagram stories and that's purely because it lives by my bed and if I'm having one of those nights where I'm in between books or I just need to read a couple of pages to switch off or think about something different, I'll pick it up and I'll thumb to any chapter and I'll read and I'll often share a page from it and then I am inundated with questions. What is that book? What is that book? And I know that some people have gone on to buy it And some people have gone on to absolutely love it and send me so many messages saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then other people have gone on to buy it and go, yeah, I don't get it. So it is somewhat divisive, this book, but whilst I don't agree with every single word personally that's written in there, you don't have to. You don't have to agree with absolutely everything in a book to still take something from it. Um, And I think that it would be quite a narrow-minded point of view to think that, that you have to agree with absolutely every word. It's like we all have friends in our lives where you might not agree with absolutely everything that they say, but you still make room and time and space for them and appreciate them. And so this book is The Way of the Superior Man by David Data, and it is self-proclaimed a spiritual guide to mastering the challenges of women, work and sexual desire. It says on the back, when a man's value is no longer measured by what he does, by his finances or social standing, how does he determine his worth? In our new world, a man's presence, his depth of awareness is his most valuable asset. So as I'm sure you've picked up, it is a book that is written for men, but That said, I feel that anyone who is in a relationship or wants to be in a relationship would certainly benefit from it. It is, as I said, a bit divisive and definitely more on the spiritual side, but there's so much in there about the masculine and therefore because there's so much about the masculine, it allows you to also unpack a lot of the feminine. And that's why I do recommend it as reading for women. And I often, what I've found from the women that I know have bought it, they read it first and then they'll read bits and bobs of it to their partner and then they want to read it as well. It is an easy book to read in terms of the chapters are short, they're to the point, but some of the concepts are big and have might not have been heard before. So I will read a couple of um, excerpts from this book just so you can get a feel for it. And this is Don't Analyze Your Woman. The feminine's mood and, and opinions are like weather patterns. They are constantly changing, severe and gentle, and they have no single source. No analysts will work. There is no linear chain of cause and effect that can lead to the kernel of the problem. There is no problem, only a storm, a breeze, a sudden change in weather, and the bases of these storms are the high and low pressure systems of love. When a woman feels love flowing deeply, her mood can instantly evaporate into joy, regardless of the supposed reason for the mood. That's the end of that part. Now, I don't know, again, I don't know if that's landing with anyone out there, but for me as a woman, I found this book made me feel like I make sense in some degrees because 
we are often painted as flighty and as irrational and, you know, we change our mind and things like that. And it can often be seen in a negative light. But the way that I feel, and I could be wrong, it's just the the way that I'm interpreting it, is that, and again, I guess I'm not wrong if that's the way that I'm interpreting it because the meaning is what you make it. But I take that as that's just us. That's just the feminine. We are fluid. We are up. We are down. And there doesn't have to have to be a rhyme or reason for the way that we are. We are just the way that we are. And I love that. And I'll read another page as well for you. Um, I'll also mention that David has written a book for women called Dear Lover. I found that one a little bit trickier to get into. Um, whereas I found this one a much easier read, but perhaps I will try Dear Lover again. Okay, so this one says, Restore your purpose in solitude with other men. A man rediscovers and fine-tunes his purpose in solitude, in challenging situations and in the company of other men who won't settle for his bullshit. But women strengthen their feminine radiance best in the company of other women in mutual celebration and play. A man must arrange for both forms of restoration, his own solitude and men's gatherings and his woman, his women's, his woman's time with other women. Um, now, I think that that is just so, so important. And as a mum of boys, there are a lot of takeaways in this book, such as, you know, that men grow in challenge and competition. And it's allowed me to look at when the boys wrestle and tussle and they're competitive in a different way than I would if I hadn't necessarily read this book. I also think just the fact that it highlights how important it is for men to have a network of men around them to hold that masculine space and how important it is for a man to be okay with his woman having female friends and going and having that playtime because (laughs) there is something about women spending time with women that men can't give us. They can't bring that feminine lightness out, not our our partner, um, as much as girlfriends can. And so for this book to be really saying to men, hey, you have to facilitate that for your woman and not necessarily facilitate it, but be a champion of it, you know, support that. I just think it's really, really important. So that is that book. Now, the next one I'm going to share with you, I will say there are two books that are very, very, very similar in this top 10. So you might not want to read both of them or listen to both of them. I went for the audiobook versions. The first one is Atomic Habits by James Clear. As I said, I went for the audio and I really like his voice. I found him very easy and soothing to listen to. I don't know if you've ever purchased an audiobook before and gotten a couple of pages into listening and gone, ugh, I just don't know if I can do hours of this person's voice. I certainly have. And it's really disappointing when the content's great, but there's just something about their tone or their delivery. Some of you might feel that about me and that's okay. We're all different. But yeah, I really enjoyed listening to James. It is practical but effective ways in understanding our habits. He explains that aiming for 1% improvement results in remarkable changes over a period of time. And one of the analogies he uses is about, 
You know, so many people think that they have to make these massive, huge, sweeping life changes, but really it is just 1% better, slightly improved by one tiny percent, and you're going to land in a completely different place than you would if you didn't shift that 1%. And as I mentioned, the analogy that he uses is an aircraft. If you imagine an aircraft tilting the nose of its aircraft just a couple of degrees in either direction, it's going to land in a completely different destination than it would had it not tilted ever so slightly. And that, for people who are visual learners like me, I found really, really helpful because I think that it can be easy to get stuck in that all or nothing mentality and think, oh, you know, if I'm going to make these changes, then I have to go really hard or really fast or really big. And it's just not the case. I also really like his quote in the book that success is the product of daily habits, not once in a lifetime transformations. He also goes into the concept that our identity is made up of our habits And another quote, which I've shared before is, every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. Boy, (laughs) that one, that hit me right between the eyes. I really, really felt that when I read that. And so he just has a lot of great principles for habits. And it's one that I recommended to my girlfriends. And I know that one of them in particular found it really, really helpful. Now, The number five book that I will share with you, as I said about um, having two books that are really similar, this is the second one, and it's called Tiny Habits by BJ Fogg. BJ Fogg is a social scientist and researcher, and he really, really digs deep into the concept of behavior change design and making it as simple as possible. He really speaks about why emotions are more important than repetition when it comes to wiring in habits. He talks about the elements of behavior of being one, motivation, two, the ability, and three, the trigger, which is also known as the call to action. And he speaks about how to create a successful habit or behavior. We really need all three of these. We need to be motivated to want to make that habit. We need to have the ability to do it because if we can't physically, literally, actually do the thing, then we can't do it. And then three, that call to action, that trigger. So he has a really cool way of communicating his concepts and I really, really enjoyed listening to him as well. I found it helpful the way that he describes how to identify where you can pop new habits into your day. And as I said, I enjoyed listening to him and he has an interesting story with how he got to narrate his own book. I'll leave that with you. I definitely recommend the audio version of both of those books because I just enjoyed it. It was like listening to a great podcast. Number six is a little bit heavier and one that I do really, really recommend, even though you might find some of the chapters don't appeal to you like not every single chapter in this book appealed to me but the ones that did were profound enough and impactful enough to me personally that I felt I had to include this book and that book is called Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell. Again I went for the audio version because it was recommended in a podcast and it is produced 
so well. It is probably the best audiobook I've listened to in terms of the sound effects. It has actual sound bites from different the different stories that it's talking about. It has great music. It's really, really good. And Malcolm is brilliant at telling a story. Um, the subtitle of that book is What We Should Know About the People That We Don't Know. I'm going to read to you a little bit about this book. Okay, so it says, The routine traffic stop that ends in tragedy. The spy who spends years undetected at the highest levels of the Pentagon. The false conviction of Amanda Knox. Why do we so often get other people wrong? Why is it so hard to detect a lie, read a face or judge a stranger's motives? Through a series of encounters and misunderstandings from history, psychology and infamous legal cases, Malcolm Gladwell takes us on an intellectual adventure into the darker side of human nature where strangers are never simple and misreading them can have disastrous consequences. No one challenges our shared assumptions like Malcolm Gladwell. Here, he uses stories of deceit and fatal errors to cast doubt upon our strategies for dealing with the unknown, inviting us to rethink our thinking in these troubled times. And that's the end of that little bit. This book, I kid you not, when I listened to it, I just found myself nodding furiously because there are so many moments in it where you just think to yourself, wow, I really have been living so focused on myself and thinking that other people would do what I would do in a certain situation. And the last couple of years or so, and I've banged on about this a lot, but I've been unpacking my own beliefs that I have grown up with and beliefs that I've cultivated in the last decade and, you know, stories and thoughts and all of that stuff. And it's so fascinating to really pause and really reflect and think, okay, is, do I actually know? Do I know for certain that what that person's doing means that? So if they're doing X, it means X. Or is that because that's my own belief or my own wound or my own experience or my own projection? And so without going too deep and too dark, I will just say that it is a book worth listening to and it will give you pause for reflection. Also, a lot more empathy and understanding for everyone else that you come into contact with throughout your day. Number seven is Rushing Women's Syndrome by Dr. Libby Weaver. This is all about the impact of a never-ending to-do list and how to stay healthy in today's busy world. I will read some of this book as well for you, but before I do, I will just say that this, again, I did the audiobook version of this and again found myself nodding profusely along and sending screenshots of this book to my girlfriends and saying, you must listen to this. I really, really enjoyed it and I know that Dr. Libby Weaver is such a champion for women's health and wellness and I would love to get her on the podcast if anyone knows her, we've tried. Um, but things that I personally connected with and took from this book are the importance of understanding the effects of caffeine, 
after reading or after listening to this book, I broke up with proper coffee. I still have decaf, but I have been clean of full caffeine since the 1st of December last year. And I'm so glad that I did that. The effects of intense exercise when already in a stressed out state. It's no secret this year has been full of stress for me personally and just really, really absorbing that when I am in a stressed mindset, I actually don't need to overdo the stressy workouts. I don't need to kill myself in every workout and adding different forms of training was really, really helpful for me. So I will read a little bit from the book just so that you can get a bit more of a feel from it. Oh, but before I do that, the other thing I will say is it encouraged me to get my full blood test done and that's where I was able to find out that I was really, really low in iron anemic and then I went on iron supplements, which then six months later I was still anemic and had zero iron. So I ended up having an iron infusion, which has made all the difference to so many areas of my life. But here we go. This is about rushing woman's syndrome. Do you often feel overwhelmed and in a daily battle to keep up that you rarely get on top of your to-do list and at times you feel out of control and unable to cope? If so, you may be experiencing the first signs of rushing woman's syndrome. Never before have women been in such a hurry to do so many things and be there for so many people. The pace of modern life has drastically increased, but even though our minds can go faster and technology allows us to get more done, our bodies still have cavewoman-like biology, which means they cannot respond healthily to the new and constant pressures that we experience. In this book, nutritional biochemist Dr. Libby Weaver explains how a stressful, fast-paced lifestyle can have dangerous effects on all areas of a woman's health, including the nervous system, how an imbalanced nervous system may be causing you to gain weight and disrupting your sleep, adrenal glands, why adrenal fatigue may be making you feel tired but wired, who hasn't felt like that? <laughs> um, I think that every single mum, this is Kylie speaking now, every single mum is like, yeah, I've been that. I've been tired and completely wired at the same time. Back into it. Reproductive system, how your daily stresses may be affecting your menstrual cycle or fertility. Your digestive system, why stress could be at the heart of bloating, cravings or unpredictable appetite. Emotions, How your emotional landscape holds the key to leading a fulfilling life without the need to rush. Inspired by Dr. Libby's clinical experiences and her empathy for women and the many roles they now juggle, this book offers real solutions. It's a great book. I recommend it. I don't think that there would be a woman out there who doesn't take something from that book particularly, again, with the current climate of the world, all the stresses, all the pressures, and the fact that we are in a global pause, this could be an absolutely brilliant time for you to read this book, reconnect with your breath, reconnect with slower movement, have a look at the stimuli and the stresses that you are adding into your day, and just reassess whether or not you actually need them. This book, yeah, it definitely changed me. 
Number eight is a book that I wanted to include because when I do think of my first top 10, and I honestly probably could have done a top 100, but I'll spare you um, spare you my voice for hours and hours, I instantly thought that I had to include this book. And this book is called Unbearable Lightness by Portia de Rossi. It is the only biography in this top 10, but it is a book that I will never forget reading for the first time because it's all about Portia de Rossi's journey with her eating disorder and her battles. And it was the first time that I had ever read, I had ever seen text that made me feel like I was less insane and that I would be okay when I was in the midst of my eating disorder. I had not heard, seen, felt anyone else express or articulate what it's like to have that relentless non-stop soul-destroying soundtrack of an eating disorder and of course there wasn't you know I can't relate to again I couldn't relate to every single thing that Portia went through but the way that she describes living with the voice of an eating disorder wow it is exactly how I would describe it if I was writing it down Um, so much so that I really encouraged those in my life at the time to read that book as a way to have a bit of an insight into my mind and to how it wasn't as easy as just going, oh, just start eating or just snap out of it because, yeah, she just, she explains it so, so well. It's not a book for everyone, definitely confronting, but I think that it is a really, really good story, a good story in the way that she explains it and faces her demons and overcomes it and it does I, th- I think just give you so much empathy um, towards anyone who's been in that situation. Now number nine is the Man's Guide to Women by John Gottman and again it's the second book in my top 10 that's written for men but I love it because similar to The Way of the Superior Man when I listened to this audiobook, it gives you insight into us as women as well. And I will say that this book by John Gottman, I don't know whether I mentioned his name, who I'm just such a fan of, I think could be the more realistic version or perhaps more easy to digest version for the everyday man if they're not as into spiritual practices than the way of the superior man. And I don't mean that in a condescending way. I just mean it because John Gottman, his approach is less spiritual and it's more evidence and science based. Um, So it might appeal more to the practical brain of the everyday man perhaps. But again, as a woman, I thoroughly enjoyed listening to this book and I will read a little bit about it to you. So here we go. John Gottman, PhD, is the guy who is known for being able to predict with a 94% accuracy whether a couple will get divorced. The scientific lab is his major source of knowledge. John is a researcher and his wife, Julie Schwartz Gottman, PhD, is a clinical psychologist who has worked side by side with John to strengthen couples' relationships worldwide. And here is a little bit from the very start of the book. So here's the news flash. Men, you have the power to make or break a relationship. That's right. Research shows that what men do in a relationship is by a large margin 
the crucial factor that separates a great relationship from a failed one. This does not mean that a woman does not need to do her part, but the data proves that a man's actions are the key variable that determines whether our relationship succeeds or fails, which is ironic since most relationship books are written for women. That's kind of like doing open heart surgery on the wrong patient. So while you may lament that you don't know why women act the way they do and think the way they do and talk the way they do, and perhaps you even blame them for your lack of success with them, the truth is it is what you do and the way you think that matters most. The bar stools of the world are filled with lonely men sitting in the rubble of their failed one-liners and wondering what is wrong with women. We don't want that same fate for you. We're not going to tell you what's wrong with women. We're going to explain where you may have gone wrong in the past. When it comes to women, men are either zeros or heroes, and we know which one you'd rather be. This is not a how-to guide for getting women into bed. There are plenty of those out there, and most of them are based on shallow scams that do not lead to any kind of lasting or fulfilling relationship. This book will certainly help you seduce and satisfy women, but our goal is to help you succeed with women for a lifetime. All of the research studies show that men who are in happy, healthy relationships make more money, have more sex, and live longer. Oh, hang on. Yes, believe it or not, married men typically have much more and better sex than single men. They live longer, suffer less chronic illness, and show less cognitive impairment. So that is just a little bit from the start of the book. Um, It really, really is a great listen. Both John and Julie, I believe, narrate in that book. Don't hold me to that one because I do have another one of their books, which is really enjoyable as well. But again, similar to The Way of the Superior Man, it just gives you an insight into the masculine and the feminine in really, really evidence-based language and evidence-based approaches and methodologies. And I think that it just, you know, it made a few things click for me personally when I listened to it. Now, number 10, I wanted to end on this book because it is an oldie, but it is a goodie. It has sold over 28 million copies. It is an oldie, like I said. Um, It's by Dr. Spencer Johnson and it is called Who Moved My Cheese? It is a motivational business fable, but really, even if it is targeted towards those in a business sense, it definitely applies to far more than just business and work and career and study, studying and all of that. It is um, a very, very easy listen. And I often find the easiest listens or the easiest reads can have some of the biggest impacts. I do enjoy a book that makes you really, really think deeply and makes you have to reread the pages. But when a concept is simple, it just sticks with you. And even my two boys have listened to this one because I have the audio book. And of course, they didn't get the full weight of the analogy and the story, but they were happy to listen to it. And so without giving it away, Who Moved My Cheese is about two mice and they're in a maze. And it's about the fact that every day they go and eat cheese in the same spot. And then one day the cheese isn't there. 
and it tells a tale of how differently they cope with the movement of the cheese. And the cheese could be your relationship, it could be your work, it could be just a hobby, it's happiness, it's it's whatever is relevant in your life. And it just talks about the ways that we adapt or we don't adapt when something changes. And right now we're all living in a time of change and uncertainty and you may take something from this very old, very basic, but also very profound, if you'll allow it to be, story of mice in a maze. And so that is 10 books. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, I would really, really, truly appreciate you jumping to my Instagram and leaving a comment because as I said, I am a bit brain fried right now. (laughs) It's now 10 past 8 p.m. at night and I love the podcast. I enjoy doing it, but I would love to hear from you if you enjoyed this style of episode because truth be told, I actually recorded this episode over the weekend, but I just didn't feel that I did each book justice and I wanted to include more about each book. So that's why I am re-recording at the 11th hour. <laughs> um, so if you enjoy it, please do jump over to Instagram. My tag is at Kylie Camps. It would also mean a lot to me if you take a screenshot of this and share it on your own Instagram stories. Tag me and nine out of 10 times I will repost on my own Instagram stories. If I don't repost, it's just because I've missed it and that could just be because I've had a busy day with the boys. But feel free to upload it again the next day and hopefully I will see it. It means a lot, a lot, a lot to me. Take care. Stay safe. Let me know if you're going to go out and try any of these books. And if you're a book nerd like me and you would like 10 books 2.0, you want me to share more or perhaps my favorite fiction ones, again, leave a comment and let me know. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe and take care. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.